thanks and welcome back. You are listening to Media Sales Mojo. My name is Philip Gabbard. And I'm Dave Burke. Thanks for joining us today. This is the podcast for broadcast media sales professionals. Phil, let me ask you a question. Uh, Shoot. Do you, is there a business that you frequent or a product that you buy that you would continue to become a consumer of even if you could find something similar for less money? In other yeah, words, is there a dozens. product or a business that you have a relationship with that you go, I don't care how much more this costs me, I am not changing? Yeah, there's. I think I think there's tons. I, I mean, the first thing that came up was Mexican food. The next thing was tequila. I'm starting to paint a picture here. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. I go to the same gas station. I don't know how much gas is at the other gas stations. I like it. I'm comfortable. I know there's things that, like, there's certain shoes that I love. I, I guess price doesn't, you know, really come up because of my, you know, I don't know, fascination or relationship with the experience. But yeah, Dave, I, I, I think I think we all have that. And I know that for a fact, there's things that if I could find it for a nickel cheaper, I, I would vacate that relationship as soon as I could. Yeah, right. Well, you know, people have relationships with the companies and the products that they buy. And this podcast today really kind of talks about the different kinds of consumers that there are. And this also goes for consumers of media. That some yeah. are relationship buyers and some are transactional buyers. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife would buy all of her clothes at Talbot's if she could. Yeah. She loves the way that they treat her there. It's a, a, a terrific buying experience. I have the same sort of feeling about Nordstrom. Every time I go to a Nordstrom and, and buy men's clothing, I really feel pampered. I really feel like they're looking out for me. So I have this relationship. Could I buy a suit or a pair of slacks or a pair of shoes for less money, comparable quality, significantly less money elsewhere? Sure, but I really enjoy the relationship I have with them. Yeah, um, and I'm and and I'm sure you do the in your family to have have the same kind of circumstances where you are. Yeah. So in 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 from a consumer basis, uh, we get that and we understand that there's just preference, and in our media activities. I think one of the, the things that I'd like to discuss today, Dave, is that sometimes we, there's, a, there's a misgiving from the account management teams that mistake transactional and relationship buys or, or don't make a distinction of the relationship. Let me explain. I believe that in past experiences, I thought I owned a relationship and I kind of experienced the hard way and maybe there's other account managers out there that feel the same way, that you were shocked to lose a piece of business because somebody dropped a rate or somebody left you for some inescapable reason, at least that I could think of as like, I was, I was insulted. How could they not buy from me? And to find that it was because of some provision in value and it wasn't about relationship. So I thought to tackle today, you know, some of some of us believe that we've always heard that, you know, the story sales is sales is sales, right? I don't think that's the case. I think all business is transactional until a relationship is established. Dave, going back to your, your experience with, a, a you know, your men's suits, was there a point where you, you went from, hey, I'm buying suits. I tried this one experience at Nordstrom's, let's say, 
and now you are converted. When did you go from a transactional suit buyer to a relationship? Well, that's a, that's a, a terrific question. And the answer is, as soon as I experienced the relationship, because I, I didn't experience that before. And now you sit there and you go, wow, what a difference, right? The transactional consumer, and we all have, I think, parts of each of those characteristics in us, depending on what we're buying. Um, this is why I contend insurance companies, for instance, advertise 12 months out of the year. Right. Because it's, it's been commoditized. If I can get the same kind of automobile coverage for less money, I'm changing my coverage. That's right. And people's insurance lapse every month, so you have to be there every month when the insurance lapses mm -hmm. because the other 11 months out of the year doesn't really matter. So that's a trend to me. I, I think that can very often be a transactional relationship, if you want to call it that, that people have with, with that particular category versus something different. Until you have an experience that proves otherwise, that says, oh my gosh, there really is a difference beyond just price. There really is a difference. Here's something that is worth the extra money, and I think I want to hang with them versus changing for a dollar less. I And we find this in, in media. We find the same thing. You know what? I, I go back in, in time to, I, I worked in Evansville, Indiana at a small configuration of stations. Uh, this would have been late 90s. And there was a, a book of business that we just couldn't get. And we just went through the roof trying to figure out why couldn't we not crack in? You know, we had all of the numbers, all of the assets, all of the make sense elements. And it was, we, we struggled with it for a long time. And, and we've talked in past episodes about when things change and, and those type of conversations. Sometimes there's, it comes down to fundamental relationships. When you were talking about your suit experience and when you were talking about your wife's experience, I, it all relates to people and it might not be the product. And hopefully it reinforces the fact that everything is transactional until the human element shows up. And that does take a while. So I think that the service-minded account manager has to keep this in check because it is important to disseminate from the buyer exactly where are we at in relationship. What is important? Mm -hmm. Is this something that you want to have a friend relationship with? Because there's certainly ways to expedite transactional selling. You know, here's your gasoline. Let me pump it in your car. It doesn't matter the cost. As soon as somebody sells it cheaper, I'll do it. But I might feel better at a Chevron or a Shell station. I'm not sure which, but there's going to be something other than the gas, right? It might, might be priced, but there might be a convenience or the, that the person was kind I think it always goes back to a human element. If we're going to have misconceptions about the business of sales, you want to default to transactional, that people might want to leave you for a cheaper price, but you've got to press the gas on relationship as soon as you can. I think you need to unpack that in conversations with the buyer. Where are we going? What is the? What can I expect? Is this a monthly? Is this an annual? Uh, what's important to you in the buying configuration? What can I do to increase my relationship with you? Is it, does this mean lunch, golf, movie tickets, elements of that sort? Or is this just down and dirty 
transaction. Yeah, I think I think you make a good point that all of these things, at least initially, when you first start doing business, the the business is primarily transactional off the off the top until you have the ability uh, or the opportunity to build that relationship. And so, a couple of thoughts on that. Um, you know, once you get a new client on the air, that's the time to be really be active in building that relationship. You want to create a relationship, a positive relationship when things are going well and things are hardly ever going well any better than when they when you first get them on the air. So you want to try to do some things initially to try to build that relationship to move from transactional to a relationship that you can sort of take to the bank and go, if my competitor comes in at you know five bucks a spot less, I'm not going to lose this person. So so what can I do? One of the things that that I used to do at our a couple of things that I used to do at our stations that I ran that were specifically to try to do this were number one a letter from me as the general manager to every new client that started on the air. It was a personal letter thanking them for making the decision to advertise with us. Number two, we after about a week we sent a plant to the client, a green plant. Like a real plant, from, okay. A, a real plant from our traffic department. And, oh, that's a great uh, idea. We had the card signed by the traffic manager and the continuity person with a, a note that basically said, we hope your business grows as, as healthy as this plant is. If you have any problems you know, with your schedule, please call me directly. Here's my direct line. Sign the traffic manager, the continuity manager. So I want the client to know it's not just a relationship with the account executive. It's a relationship with all of these people at the station. So you've got the account executive. You certainly have production because usually production had to get involved in creating an ad for the client. So you have a production manager. Now you've got the, the sales manager. You've got the general manager. You've got the traffic director. You have all of these people pulling together for the client all in the hopes of trying to quickly establish a strong enough relationship with that client to be able to move from the transactional mentality to a relationship mentality and to try to put this money in the bank. That, that's one of the coolest things I've heard, Dave, and, and I love that idea because it, it paints a face and, an, and it gives a backstory. It's, there's real people doing real work servicing your account, and I think in any relationship, uh, once you start seeing depth of relationship expand, you're going to start seeing business that flows more frequently, and it, it becomes less and less about price and more about some sort of irresistible calling to do continued business because it's the little things. I promise you, it's the little things. And if there's no relationship, if there's zero relationship, the little thing that makes a difference is price. If there is a relationship and it is an irresistible relationship, then price becomes price falls way down the list of things that are important because it still matters, but it's not the the key critical decision point. Absolutely right. So there's all sorts of things. So there's depth depth of contact and relationship, but there's also what the product does. So 
If you think about transactional business, I might take an approach where I am trying to establish a quality rate. I might be arguing for a percentage of business. I might be asking for lion's share. But in relationship selling, lion's share business almost always works in your favor because of that detail, because of that relationship where other people could have a maybe even a superior product, higher ratings or you know more coverage or more frequency, something along that line. But it's going to be the relationship that takes it to the bank every day. Well, and you, and you have to continue to work on it. You can't just say, oh, I have a yeah. great relationship with Phil at the agency. We're good. No, oh, because man. your competitors are coming in and trying to do the same thing. If, if, if they're good competitors, they're trying to bump you out and have them get first card position in the mind of the client. One of the other things I would, I would make a mention of here too, Phil, that, you know, because it speaks right to your point about sort of evaluating your relationship with the client at all times. You know, like you said earlier, so one of our annual strategies is to meet with our key clients in the last quarter, actually mm-hmm. a little bit before the last quarter, and do an analysis for them of how the year has gone and a, and a, a preview of the, fo- of, of the following year so that you could put together an annual package of, you know, of what they need in order to move forward. One of the things... Yeah, one of those, one of those things where you just kind of say, hey, how are we doing? How are we performing? It's a, it's a chicken. That's exactly right. And we forget sometimes to ask, how are we doing? You know, to, to actually have senior management speak to the senior management yep. of the client and say, you know, what's your evaluation of us? Vis-a-vis everybody else you're doing business with, where do we sort of fall in there? How are yeah. we doing? Sometimes we're afraid to ask. But what, I, you know, what we, what we want to do is we want to sit down and go, where can we be better in order to, you know, strengthen our relationship, and that's a that, that's a uh, a question that takes some courage to ask, I think, and uh, but yet is very important that that people ask that. Yeah, Dave, it's a brilliant question, and uh, just to reiterate, no more assumptions, please. No more assumptions that this business is that you've got locked down tight. While you are thinking that you have this business buttoned up, you know every other competitor is going in and asking for the same amount of business or you know making that next step to try to earn more business. And if you have the arrogance or you know you feel like you're too busy to ask simple relating questions, how are we doing? Don't assume that you're doing great. How could we do better? These are Mm -hmm. all great experiences to go through and every manager and and you you don't have to wait for your manager to do it either a responsible sales manager a responsible account manager can ask the same questions open up dave how am i doing for you you know i i want to ask because i don't want to assume that's an easy thing that's a very you know open uh heartfelt question i don't want to assume anything with our relationship how are we doing seriously how is there an is there an area we can do better and I believe that question elongates your relationship just by asking that Absolutely. question. So remember, there are relationship and transactional buyers. We all fall into those categories depending on what it is that we're buying. The same occurs in media buying. There are relationship buyers and transactional buyers. And hopefully these are some ideas for you 
to be able to turn those transactional buyers into more of a relationship buyer to uh, give yourself a better opportunity to keep that business longer and to have that business run deeper. Good conversation today, Dave. Thanks, Phil. This has been a fun one today. And uh, uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. This is Media Sales Mojo, the podcast for broadcast media sales professionals. Thanks again and good selling. You have been listening to Media Sales Mojo with Philip Gabbard and Dave Burke, two of the media industry's most experienced and creative media sales trainers, coaches, and thought leaders. Follow Dave and Phil socially on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Media Sales Mojo and sign in to receive your month's sales mojo message full of actionable, teachable, usable, and doable media sales tips and training to increase your sales mojo. Send your questions anytime to ask us at Media Sales salesmojo.com and don't miss a mojo minute subscribe and never miss out on your media sales mojo podcast happy selling